1: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Portions of the Orders Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad
1: and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Shed. Power number two, Oilers
0: Now, Bob Stoffer with you. The Oilers and the San Jose Sharks tonight over at Rogers Place. Uh, Edmonton did not have a morning skate today, so we opted to do the show today uh, from the 6.30 Chad Building. Pre-game show, City Ford faceoff show beginning today at 6.05 with uh, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Jack Michaels, and myself. Uh, this hour of orders Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex, now with nine locations across western Canada. Jed uses Digitex for their copiers and printers. Their service is outstanding. Guests on the show receive certificates from Japanese Village, three locations downtown, south side and north side. In this hour, uh, we'll hear from Steve Coulius, We'll hear from uh, Peter Deboris, He's the head coach of the San Jose Sharks. And Todd McClellan, the head coach of the Orders, and we'll Get to your texts on our Westlock 4 text line at six thirty-six thirty. Right now, though, off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined by the uh, prominent host on Sirius XM NHL Radio, Steve Guglia. Steve, how are you? Bob, I'm very
1: well. I'm excited. It's a great time of the year. Uh, We know where things were a year ago in Oilerland, so uh, I'm going to miss 97 in the postseason, but uh, I won't miss Anaheim, Collapses and controversial goalie interference calls. Okay, let's go. I I said it.
0: I'm done. Well, you know the one thing. Here's the thing. There are lots of guys in that Toronto marketplace that, and man, the Edmonton Oilers have given them an incredible amount of fodder this year. But you have always been a bit of an eternal optimist when it comes to uh, the Edmonton Oilers hockey team. But from afar, and I know you watch all the games. What do you see with this year's Oilers hockey team?
1: Well, I crunched some numbers about scoring down the middle and on the wing, and I think there's no surprises of what the numbers show. And then I also compared it to the Avalanche last year. You imagine a year ago we were sitting here, and I told you a year from now, the Oilers will be out, and they could be back in the lottery, and the Colorado Avalanche will be in the playoffs. You would have said, Cooley, thanks very much. Please don't drink and talk, and we'll call you next week. So here we are a year later. And the Avalanche are in a playoff spot, and what they do is basically up to them as far as strength of schedule and everything else. And things have turned. So I look at it this way. If you can't kill a penalty in the National Hockey League, or you're, you're at the bottom three, four, five teams, that's a major issue. And killing a penalty is correctable. Scoring 15, 20, 30% more goals, that's about skill. That's about drafting. That's about what you already have in your system. Save percentage, goalkeeping. Last year, Colorado had some injury issues and some issues in the crease. This year, things turned around. I believe in Cam Talbot. I know the Cam Talbot story. If the season restarted today, it was October 4th, I think he would be better. And I believe that overall, once the Oilers figure out who is playing with whom, that if the year was played right now, they wouldn't be minus five NHL 500. Having said all that, Will they be back to where they were a year ago, a year from now? That I'm not sure. There's players that I like and players that I'm not sure of, but I think there has been Murphy's Law in Edmonton where a lot of things that could go wrong, Mland Lucci's season, have gone wrong, that surely should go marginally better at least, Bob, next season.
0: The only thing that hasn't happened... I mean, Leon Dreisaitl missed four games with a concussion. He wasn't right for a while. Connor McDavid hasn't missed a game. He played through a significant illness for about a month. But those guys haven't suffered a or sustained a significant injury. And that would be the... And, and, and you know, for the, the critics of the organization, they're like, you have the NHL leader in even strength scoring and a guy that's in the top ten in even strength scoring... You're not within 15 points of a playoff spot. That's pretty disappointing. So I do think, like you, Talbot can bounce back. I think the defense will be better. I think the special teams will be better. Can Milan Lucic bounce back, do you think?
1: Well, it's funny because this week on our show, I asked the same que- uh, question to Mike Johnson, former NHLer, KSN analyst, NHL Network, and he thinks that Milan will spend the offseason getting lighter, which should help him get slightly faster. And also, if he starts the year as a top six and that doesn't work, then he will have to slide on a team that does not have a lot of options there, but he also has to say to himself, all things considered, we go back five years, which is, which is a, a, a dynasty in this league, when 2013, I thought he was consmite-worthy when you look at the 2013 Stanley Cup playoffs and Stanley Cup final. This league is nothing like it was five years ago. Either are the Bruins or most team's fourth line. I think that he, I have to believe, wants it enough and cares enough, has so much term left that he doesn't want to go to Peter Shirelli Graveyard, Arizona uh, heaven, so to speak, that something will change in workout and regiment to sit there and say there has to be an adjustment. And I know you can't teach speed, but I think body type and style, I would encourage changing after hearing Mike talk about different players, we hear about getting lighter and as much as you can do, Bob, to get faster as opposed to bigger, stronger. The third and fourth lines are changing. in the the least have Kasperi Kapanen, and they're one of their best prospects on the Marlies, playing on the fourth line. That was not the league we had five years
0: ago. No, there's no question about that. Steve Cooley is joining us from SiriusXM NHL Radio. Bob Stauffert with you on uh, Oilers Now. Uh, I had uh, you know, a, a prominent uh, former player say to me the key to uh, longevity in the NHL is once you get into your 30s, every year you come back two to three pounds lighter. Not Two to three pounds heavier, as opposed to the broadcaster category, where you come back five pounds heavier with each and every year. Steve, at least for those That's of us right. that, that are on the plate eating, uh, eating after the games when we and replenishing the fluids in our, you know, to for our voice, right? You know how that works. All right, uh, you mentioned the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Look, you are in the center of the universe. Our joke of Toronto has always been, how do you change a light bulb in Toronto? You hold it there and let the rest of Canada revolve around it. But you are not that guy. You are a global Canadian guy, and I've always admired that about you and liked that about you. Uh, That said, the Leafs are an exciting team to watch. How different of a team are they going to be when they get Austin Matthews back?
1: Well, I think what Austin obviously does is push everyone down. With him out, people have had to step up and show what they can and can't do. And I think at the end of the day, um, playoff structure aside, because the 1-2-3 teams in the East are the 1-2-3 teams in the Atlantic. So the 2-3 matchup in the Atlantic is going to be Toronto on the road on April 11th or 12th, and then Hockey Night in Canada on the probably the Saturday the 14th against Boston and Tampa. Those teams are better, in my opinion, but that doesn't mean anything less than at least a six-game series as the Leafs have come a long way in a year and a half. Can they compete with those teams? Yes, and they have. Could they win those series? Yes. Would they be the underdogs in those series? Absolutely. But Austin, against both teams, all things aside, is as good as anybody on the ice at that given time. Kadri at two, Bozek at three, bumping Klikanis down to four. That's options, man. That's options all the goalies are good, everyone's competitive, then it would be showtime. And where they were two years ago and where they are now is way ahead of schedule, but they put themselves in the mix by playing what I call modern hockey. And at the end of the day, I wonder, Bob, Austin being hurt, what that does to his contract. Because clearly, if the Mm. McDavid model is part of the discussion, there's no Hart Trophy, there's no Art Ross Trophy, there's two injuries that slow his progress. Does he wait until a great year three to sign or to at least get him at a partial bargain? Because no one is McDavid. And I say that from the center of what you say
0: is the hockey universe. Well, I agree. I mean, I think Austin Matthews is a fantastic player. Uh, You know, it's funny when it was McDavid Eichel uh, back in 2015. And then we started hearing about Matthews. Matthews, does anybody disagree out there that Matthews is a better player than uh, Jack Eichel at this stage?
1: Yeah, I think we had 99 or 100 people polled 99, and I think Jack is very good, but neither are McDavid, and Jack is in Austin, so yes, let's move forward from there. Yeah,
0: there you go. So, uh, the only thing I'll say about Boston is they—they. They, I look at—I think the Leafs will beat Boston, but the, the Bergeron uh, matchup could be a potential issue if he's back, um, and I'm going to assume he's going to be. Uh, Boston's gone through with some uh, significant injury issues. Tampa Bay... You know that's Steve Eiserman. I mean the continuity and that's a message that uh, people don't want to hear it in Edmonton because they want head on you know they want to head on a stick here because of how the season's gone in Edmonton but the now the lightning had significant injuries but they stayed and they kept John Cooper there was some external influences maybe some of those that might have been representing Jonathan Druin, that may have been complaining about the handling of some players in Tampa but uh, I think Toronto matches up better against Boston than Tampa What about you?
1: I do, and there's a lot of people here that say the opposite. Um, I think that the Leafs have a better chance of beating Boston, especially in the first round. I think there's a lot of familiarity there between the teams. And even with Bergeron and Tuka Rask and Zidane Cher and everything else, the Leafs have done very well against Boston. And even in the game that they lost in Boston recently that ended like a six-game winning streak head-to-head against the team's, that was a learning lesson for Matthews because he struggled against the Bergeron matchup, which I think also opened the eyes to how important Asm Kadri actually is. As a very valued point per million player in the league for his contract and what he you know, he might score thirty again and he can play these different roles. And I think at the end of the day that there is more firepower that is more dangerous on Tampa and the Leafs are a loose team. The Bruins have added talent. And yes, there are injury issues, but I would say that if it was today it was April 11th and they were playing, I would say five years to the day of the Boston debacle with at least blew the 4-1 lead, where six of the players on the team returned, Bob, that that series would go seven. And be as close as it was today, as it was five years ago.
0: What did Joffrey Lupul say? He's, uh, you know, obviously an Edmonton kid. What did he say after that loss? I'll never forgive this for, or forget this for the rest of my life, or something to that effect. And uh, it was, it was remarkable to watch the Bruins come back, and ultimately they played Chicago, uh, you know, lost to Chicago in six in the Stanley Cup final. All right, Steve. Uh, so we talked a bit about the east. I mean is it is does it come through the division that the Leafs are in in terms of you know one of Tampa, Boston or Toronto or are we missing somebody uh you know over in the metro?
1: No, no. I think that if it goes according to Hoyle, it would be Tampa still and Pittsburgh and I mean Nashville has the hammer over Winnipeg now. Yep. If you count the last So I don't want to make it like the brackets at the NCAA. I mean, officially, I think Washington's won now, but it's so tight. Are we going... It, it, it's almost too easy and never the NHL way to go Nashville, Vegas, Tampa, Pittsburgh. So someone's going down. Someone's going to be upset. Someone's going to get knocked out. To me, if, if you gave me $1,000 to pick the cup champion, I think I have to take the Predators. To win a thousand, which in the broadcast business is a lot of money, yes, right, it's different. So to me, but then you say to yourself, the Jets with Shifley getting through the rounds, someone's going to go down. Who will that be? And to me, looking at the different clubs, I like to see in this year's postseason are the Bruins as good as others think they are? I don't know, but in the West. I'll be honest, we're not supposed to be at center of the universe. I'd love to see the Jets. If I could wave a wand and have the Winnipeg Jets in the Stanley Cup final, Bob, I'm sorry, I'm a Westerner at heart and politically, I would do it. I'd love
0: to see it happen. See, I'm with you. Uh, I do think Nashville's going to win the Cup. I think Nashville's going to play Tampa. That's not a gutsy call at this stage in the season, though I am concerned about the workload on Vasilevsky. seems to be faltering down the stretch. Uh, I, you know, Winnipeg, there were years, and you know this, in the 80s, there were years at Winnipeg. Two of the seasons, Winnipeg was the fourth or fifth best team in the NHL. The problem is they were in the same division as Calgary and Edmonton. And, uh, you know, they were taking a pocket knife to a gunfight against the Edmonton Oilers. But I, I, the Jets have done a tremendous job. Everybody in that organization, Steve, is all in, and they work hard. They grind. There's no floaters. Uh, they've done it. They've, com- you know, they were very patient. There were people that thought that Kevin Shovell dayoff and Paul Maurice should not have been brought back after last season. Uh, now they got confidence in goal. It starts there with Connor Hellebuck. But I think it'd be a wonderful story if Winnipeg won the cup.
1: I do as well, and I, I. <sighs> And watching last night, and it's different, Hutchison played, he got bopped, Hellebuck didn't play, Sashney had to pull himself out and, and, and everything else. There's something about this Preds wave, Yeah. but the Jets can do a lot of things Nashville can do. I think for Winnipeg, if the first-round matchup is Nashville-Anaheim, that works well for Winnipeg. There will be a a pound or two of flesh bob that goes in. So to me, and it's funny because on my drive-in, we hear different shows, listen to different stuff. There is a fear factor of going 16 wins in Nashville if at some point or if they start against Anaheim. It's funny. In life, we all have our kryptonites. I can tell you what, mine is off air. Sometimes it's a Molson. It's something that's... uh, uh, might have heels and sometimes we should look the other way, Bob. But yeah. to me, if it's Winnipeg, they look and say Anaheim, please take a pound or two of flesh out of Nashville and that might, hey, it's a smite division battle. If it's Winnipeg, Nashville, round two, there's your Oilers, Calgary from the 1980s.
0: Steve, great stuff. We appreciate your time. Let's do this again, okay?
1: I love it. Thanks for the kind words. You're the best, Bobby. And put it this way, you call me,
0: Anytime. All right. Thanks a lot, Steve. That is. Steve. Yep. See you later, Steve. Sorry about that. That's Steve Kilius. He, of course, is with Sirius XM NHL Radio. And uh, there you have it. Nashville. What do you think? Nashville, Tampa Bay. Not a gutsy call at this stage. It makes a good point. Well,
2: pun- that was my uh, prediction last season, Bob, before the yep. season started. <laughs> and uh, Tampa Bay didn't make the playoffs. So <laughs> I do have Tampa Bay from the East still. Uh. Of course, I went with the Oilers, as did you, to start the season. So I'm debating right now. I haven't uh, made my pick between Nashville or Winnipeg. You know, if Winnipeg's not... healthy, I might go with the Jets, but right now they're banged up. See, they're, they're, they've got
0: something that Toronto's got. They can score three lines deep. Right. Yeah, I think their forwards are better
2: than the Preds, but the Preds, of course, have the top four. So maybe it comes down to goaltending.
0: You know, Tyler Myers coming back for Winnipeg has been a big deal for them, too. All right, it's 1:23. Uh we We're blowing through stuff throughout the course of the show. That was Steve Coulius joining us on our orders now, River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Bill Angville, March 24th at the River Cree. Larry the Cable Guy, April 14th at the River Cree. Tickets at ticketmaster.ca. And uh, we're going to get to some tax uh, on our Westlock Ford tax line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, see Paul Olson, Westlock Ford. Check out the great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We got about 800 texts in the first hour and a half sh- of the show. So, oh, trivia. <laughs> trivia. Do you want to tell us? So the trivia question was, name the former member of the San Jose Sharks, uh, who after a car accident spent some time in the orders organization uh, down in the American Hockey League who could absolutely chuck him and had a beauty scrap with uh, Bob Probert. Um, he, uh, at the draft, showed up with a couple black eyes and Glenn Sather infamously somebody said, look at that guy, wow, what a... And he was a huge dude with a full mullet. Kind of like your uncle or Shane Bogdan when he rolled into the Oilers' dressing room. And in fact,
2: the guy who won the trivia today, who was the guy? Can we say his last name? Absolutely. Why not? Robin oh. Brownley. Well, he was on another radio station, and they used okay. to say his last name all the time, oh, so why not? Robin Brownley won Robin and Robin would know it, and he was, uh, the, he you know... He said you need to make the questions harder,
0: by the way. Uh, he said I needed to make the questions harder. Link Gates was the player, the missing Link. Uh, we'll get Brendan to put out a link of the uh, infamous uh, fight between Bob Probert and Link Gates, and when your uh, uncle, Shane Bogdan's your uncle? Yes. Yes. Robin was at that time. I was like a you know behind the scenes guy. I was quite irrelevant, uh, only marginally more relevant now. But Robin was writing for uh, probably at that stage for the Edmonton Sun and Shane Bogdan rolls of the uh, Oilers dress. You know who he came in with? I think I'm pretty sure, and he's no longer with us. But Bill LaForge. Was the connection to Glenn Sather? And your uncle rolls in, six foot four, big mullet, had the cowboy boots on, and jeans, like just, just your stereotypical uh, look of a player back in the mid nineteen nineties. And I look at Rob, I go, who the hell is that guy? He goes,
2: I don't know. And so we found out it was Shane Bogdan. So he still the, looks the exact same. Does he still yeah. look the same? Well, he has the long blonde hair still. And he does he still have a mullet? Uh, it's not quite a mall. What do they prequels? call that? The achy breaky mistake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All back right. then it was a mall. It's close
0: to one now. All right. Uh, 125 at Edmonton. We'll be back in a couple minutes. This is orders now. showroom on St. Albert Trail, fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca
1: This is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on Oilers Radio 630 shed.
0: Alright, welcome back everybody. Let's go to our Westlock 4 text line. Here we go. Dirty Mike and the boys out of St. John's Newfoundland says, Bob, after watching the game last night, uh, the management of this team should be embarrassed and ashamed about what they've surrounded Connor McDavid with. With the multiple deadweight contracts this team has, I don't see how significant change can happen. This is why RH is now forced to play the wing. Not sure this team gets out of this. thoughts. Uh, well, uh, I would assert to you there's a couple tough contracts. They're going to need to uh, see Secra and uh, Lucic take a substantial step forward. Those were the two prominent free agents they've signed over the last uh, three years. Um, on the right side, they're going to have to start getting Poliari some time in the top six. I get it that they've limited him 14 minutes, brought him along, but not much was happening last night for Camilleri. So it wouldn't surprise me maybe if he gets a look. He got a look see last night late in the game. Uh, they have Yamamoto, who's got some skill and ability coming. They're going to need more of that on the wings. I actually think the emphasis and the movement to skill uh, started uh, in the draft in 2017. I'm. Look, I'm the eternal optimist about the group, uh, but there are some concerning issues moving forward. I think that's fair. I don't want to see the team trade Nugent-Hopkins, for the record. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back NHL Today, we'll hear from the coaches, get to more of your texts. This is Orders Now.